Alrighty, we are set to go. It's so good to have you on board again tonight. So we got a half hour of good stuff coming at you. John Scholes here alongside my good pal, Lior Samfiru, employment lawyer, of course, from Samfiru to Markin. You want to reach out to uh, the firm anytime. Lioran is uh, his crew, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca help at employmentlawyer.ca uh, to get a hold of on the outside and this website I want to mention off the top I know Lior is probably going to reference it a couple times uh, this evening pocketemploymentlawyer.ca he built it just for you to get smarter and have access for free and anonymously mind you to the severance calculator so there you go uh tonight on the show everything you need to know about being off for medical reasons that's coming up here in just a bit your phone calls of course but we always start off with a uh, a case of the day something you've been working on pal what do you got uh, what do you got going on tonight hey john i am here of course ready willing and anxious to talk about mm-hmm. employment law as always want to solve some workplace problems today like we do on the show every every single time we're on the air now just by listening you'll probably get answers to things you've always wondered but there's a way to get more specific answers to your more specific problem and that is Mm -hmm. just call us let's chat about your workplace rights and make sure that if you're facing a dilemma you're not facing it alone Uh, you're facing it with the full knowledge of your rights the full knowledge of what the law can do for you whether it's a situation where your boss gave you an ultimatum. Get that all the time, by the way. You, you need to sign something or do something by a deadline. Should you do it? Should you not do it? What can, what can you do instead? Maybe it's a situation where your job has changed. Your boss doesn't want you to accept anything. They just told you to. Starting next week, you're, you're making less money or you're working different hours. What should you do about it? I'll tell you. You get the idea. If it's an employment law issue, you're listening to the right show to get those answers. And, of course, uh, on the show, we have 30 minutes, but we have a lot more time. Beyond that, all you need to do is just call me at the office or email me, and we can have that private chat. But case of the day, of course, always like to start off with something that came across my desk earlier today. I spoke with the lady who found herself in a very, very frustrating situation. So months ago, John, months ago, she approached her employer and said, hey, we're looking to do a, a family trip, so I need to take some uh, some time off coming up. Uh, can you please approve it? Went through the process. Yeah, no problem. We approved it. She was going to be gone for almost two weeks. They approved it, uh, signed off on it. Great, no problem. We move forward. We're now about two weeks or so before this trip. And her employer says, we just lost a couple of people. We're short staff. We need you to, to work over the next few weeks. We can't afford you to be off for that long. Mm. Uh, and she says, well, wait a second. I, I, I made a travel plans. I'm uh, going with my family. We've bought tickets. We have all kinds of things that we've booked. We can't change that. So I'm, I'm going to go. No, you can't go too bad. You have to. She said, well, I'm going to go anyway. And she did. She went off on her vacation, and when she came back, her employer says, we're going to suspend you indefinitely uh, because you went when, when it wasn't approved. So, of course, she called me earlier today, and she wanted to know what her rights were. Yeah. So, obviously, this is a very frustrating situation. Now, let's start, John, with the idea that an employer can decide when you take vacation. Yep. An employer can, can – an employer, in fact – doesn't just get to decide if they wanted to, they can schedule your vacation for you. An employer can say, I've decided that this year you're taking your vacation uh, May 1st till May 15th. They can do that if that's what they want. Uh, obviously, a lot of employers don't do that. They let you decide and they, they, they just say yes or no. But even though the company has a right to choose and to say yes or no to vacation, once they say yes, and once the employee has relied on that, 
Yeah. In other words, they've bought tickets, they've made arrangements. It's it's too late. The company can't then just change their mind. They can't just say, well, we change our mind, so you have to endure those losses. You have to eat those costs that you've incurred, the, the plane tickets, the the hotels, etc. Too bad. Can't do that. Illegal. Not appropriate. So in this situation, she was right to go on vacation because she got it approved, because she relied on it, because she spent money in planning that trip. So she actually did nothing wrong. Her employer does not have a right to suspend her, to punish her, to let her go because the employee here, this lady, did nothing wrong. And by putting her on this unpaid suspension, that's a termination in the eyes of the law. An employer cannot do that. So they owe her severance. For her, that's going to be over a year's pay that they owe her. She's been with this company over 10 years, probably right around a year's pay. So I'm going to help her get it. But I wanted to remind employees and employers, of course, when it comes to the scheduling of vacations, once it's approved, it's going to be very tough for the company to take that approval back unless they do it right away uh, and and they give the employee tons of time uh, ahead ahead of that trip. So if you're taking that vacation, if it's approved, you're right to do that and you can't be punished because the company changed its mind. And with that, we'll take our one and only break right back into our topic. Everything you need to know about uh, being off for medical reasons, Employment Law Show. We are right back at it. Good to have you along. Everything you need to know about being off for medical reasons. This is a uh, an interesting uh, subject tonight, Lior, because there's a lot of misinformation about this, both by employers and employees, right? You know, Oftentimes, employers complicate, overcomplicate this uh, this topic by imposing rules, obligations that just simply don't exist in terms of who can be off and how long you can be off and what you need to do to be off work if you're sick. So we want to talk about what the law actually says, what employers can require, and what an employee needs to do if they're sick and if they're not able to work. Start off with this, I guess. Who is legally allowed to take a medical leave from work? And it's actually not particularly complicated. You, the person that's allowed to be off work is that person that where they're sick, they can't work, and where their doctor says that they can't work. So it's not enough for the individual to say, hey, I'm not able to work. I need time off work. Uh, oftentimes, an employer may say, yeah, that's good enough for us. But an employer can require the employee to have a doctor confirm that. So generally speaking, if a doctor confirms you can't work, that's really it. That's what you need to be off work. So you need to have a medical condition that prevents you from working, and you need to have a doctor backing you up saying, yeah, that's the truth. You now cannot work. Is there an amount of time that somebody can be away for for medical reasons? So ultimately, as I said, we need that doctor's note. That doctor's note is a powerful tool, right, that that you need to have. If you have that doctor's note, that's what you need. But that doctor's note also decides how long you can be off work. So there's no time limit, whether sometimes you may need to just a day off. Other times you may need a week, a month. Sometimes you have a serious condition and you may be out for months or or even longer than that. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely fine. That's absolutely allowed. As long as, again, you have that doctor's note saying that, that you have the doctor telling you in writing, you need to be off for the next month, six months, or maybe the doctor can even say, you need to be off indefinitely. We'll evaluate you in, in a few months, but until we, you're able to come back to work, you're going to be off. And that's okay. So remember, there's no time limit. There's no maximum. There's no deadline that the company can put on you to come back to work as long as you have your doctor's support. Krista, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? Excellent. What's uh, what's on your mind? Um, I have a question. So 
so I'm leaving for maternity leave soon, and I was just filling out the forms um, the other day for my employer, and I read on it that it said that if I'm let go during maternity leave, I would not be owed severance. Is that proper, or am I missing something there? You're probably missing something there, but ultimately you'd have to talk to your union because uh, I understand you're part of a union, uh, what the collective agreement says about what you're owed, you absolutely would be owed severance. But I want to point something else out, that it would actually be illegal for you to be let go uh, in most cases while you're on maternity leave. But even if somehow it's legal because there's a department shutdown and everyone was let go, yeah, you absolutely would be owed severance. The unfortunate thing is that as part of a union, that severance would be minimal, uh, whereas a non-unionized employee would have severance that could be as much as two years' pay, that's going to be a lot less oh. for a unionized employee. Uh, but you should talk to your union in terms of what you'd actually be owed. The answer would be somewhere in the collective agreement. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate the uh, appreciate the call. Okay, back to our talk about uh, medical leaves. Does it matter? If the employee has a limited number of sick days, we get that call all the time. You know, my boss told me I've used my 10 sick days. Come back to work. You're not allowed to get sick anymore, right? Yeah, and think how absurd that is. (laughs) So we've decided that your body can only malfunction for 10 days a year. Uh, That's a decision. It's it's in the contract. Look at it. So you have a chat with your body and tell it that it, it can't do that. Well, that's absurd. So no. The number of sick days that you have through your employer has nothing to do, nothing, with how long you can actually be off. Now, if you have, let's say, 10 sick days, what that means is the company is going to pay you for 10 days, even though you're sick and not able to work. That's fine. So what happens if you need to be off more than 10 days? Well, for the extra days, you're not going to get paid by your employer, right, because you've exhausted your sick days, but you can still be off as long as you need to. Maybe it's a year that you need to be off. Not a problem. Now, what happens in terms of getting paid? There's a couple of options. Uh, you can get paid from EI. EI provides uh, sick benefits uh, for a few months if you're unable to work. You also may have a disability plan, either short-term or long-term disability, through your benefits plan at work. So that's something you need to apply for, and that could pay you for potentially till the age of 65 if you need it. So there's a few options there. But the number of sick days that you have, two days, five days, 20 days, that has nothing at all to do with how long you're allowed to be off. The only one that can decide how long you need to be off is your doctor. Not your employment agreement, not your employer, not your collective agreement. None of that has anything to do with it. Only your doctor can decide that. Now, this next question for the uh, the savvy listener or the viewers of our TV show over the last few years will know this, but does an employer have the right to ask an employee for their medical information and uh, for, uh, you know, even a diagnosis for that matter? So, you know, oftentimes what happens for reasons that I'm not sure is an employee gives that doctor's note, doctor's note says, yeah, this person needs to be off for the next three months, whatever. Employer says, oh, wait a second, that's not enough. We need to know why. We need to know what's your medical condition and we need to know what treatment you're getting or if what medication you're taking. So tell us that before we can allow you to be off. Well, that's nonsense. Yeah. The company doesn't get to assess what your medical condition is if, if you're in fact sick enough that, uh, to, to be off work. They don't get to get this private information. It doesn't actually matter what is the medical condition. What matters is if you're able to work or not, whether it's because of a, a, a bad back or because you're suffering from uh, depression. 
from a legal standpoint, it doesn't matter. What matters is, are you able to work? So a company cannot demand to know what your condition is. They cannot question your doctor. They cannot demand uh, a diagnosis or information about your treatment. That's off limits. They just need to know, can you work, can you not, or perhaps what kind of accommodation uh, you require. What happens to an employee's job if they're off on that medical leave? Do they have to regularly update the employer or should the employer just let them go for a length of time? What do you think? So it's always a good idea if you're going to be off work for a lengthy period of time to stay in touch with your employer, to send them a note every once in a while, maybe every few weeks just saying, hey, employer, I'm still here, still working on getting better, hoping to have more of an update at some point. It's something as simple as that because what you were doing by by sending that email is you're making sure your employer understands that you're planning on coming back. They can't consider you to have resigned. They can't consider you as being so sick that you'll never be able to come back to work, that that you're still an employee. What, what can happen potentially is if you, you've been out of communication for months and months and months, your employer may say, well, we thought you're not coming back. We thought you resigned because we haven't heard from you in, in forever. So you want to try to avoid that. But ultimately what happens is if you're ready to come back to work, your employer has to make all efforts to bring you back. Now, that does not necessarily mean that your job is guaranteed. That does not mean that your employer must absolutely take you back. That's true for maternity leave, by the way. It's not necessarily true for medical leaves. What it does guarantee is that your employer has to make all efforts to bring you back if possible, either to the same job or a similar job, but it doesn't necessarily mean that under all circumstances they have to bring you back. If they've tried to bring you back, if they've looked, if they've made all laps, and there's just nothing for you at that point, and only at that point, can they let you go with your full severance. Too often I see, John, uh, employers that don't do that. They they just decide they don't want the person back. They yeah. don't try to, br- to bring them back. They don't make that effort. That would be a human rights violation. That's illegal. They have to try in good faith to bring the employee back to work from a disability leave. Interesting question, though. The, the, you know, chances are they've had someone fill in for you if you've been off on that leave and that person may be awesome. Can the employer keep them? So when we talk about maternity leave, the answer is always going to be no. They cannot keep the replacement if you're coming back from a disability leave. With respect, oh, sorry, for, for if you're coming back from maternity leave. With a disability leave, the answer is different. The answer is they don't have to let that person go. They're allowed to keep that replacement. There's no obligation that they get rid of them, but they still have to see if there's another job or a similar job or a second job that they can bring you in uh, to and, and go through that analysis. But they don't have to go as far as firing the, the replacement. Right. Uh, if they choose to keep them, they can. Uh, but they still have to go the ana- to the, uh, through the analysis of trying to bring you back to work. Now, depending on what type of disability or medical leave they're on, the severity of it, et cetera, they may be applying for disability coverage with an LTD insurer. Um, what if they aren't approved for that LTD or their claims cut off? Then what do they do? So oftentimes, as I said, you may have a short-term or long-term disability plan through work, and, and you say, okay, well, I can't work for a few months. That's exactly why I have this plan for that I've been paying into, so let me apply for those benefits. Right. Uh, and, and you're right, that is exactly why you have that plan. Unfortunately, sometimes an insurance company may be less than cooperative. They either uh, don't believe your doctor, or they deny coverage, or they give you coverage, but then they chew off even though you're still not ready to come back to work. It happens more times than it should. 
and, and the the company often oh not the company the insurance company often assumes that if they cut you off or if they deny coverage you'll give up you'll walk away and and, and that will be it well the good news is once you push back oftentimes these matters can resolve the, the insurance company will back off they'll do what they're supposed to we have a whole team at the firm dealing exclusively with this issue with denials of disability coverage or being cut off from disability coverage before you should be cut off so if you ever find yourself in a situation ever where your insurance company is not cooperating with your doctor they're denying coverage they're wanting to cut you off they're, they're going overboard with their demands Let's talk. Give me a call. I'll connect you with one of my colleagues. Uh, we'll make sure that the insurance company does what it's required to do. And a reminder, uh, this Friday, as always, at 6.30, this time you'll catch a disability law show with your partner, Savan, covering uh, that topic in depth as well. Talking about, uh, you know, medical leave. So what? and employers, they're ready to return to work. It's been maybe a short time, maybe a lengthy time, but the medical leave, they want to come off that. Uh, what do they do? So just like a doctor's note is what allows you to... Uh, to start the leave, to go on leave, a doctor's note also allows you to end the leave. So my recommendation always is if you're able to go back to work, especially if you've been off for a while, get a doctor's note that clears you to come back to work. Now, if the doctor's note, uh, if the doctor feels that you have no restrictions, no problem. Just say that you can go back to your old job and you're ready to go. Great. If the doctor feels that you can go back to work, but you need some help, maybe you're not ready to go back full-time, you, you need to go back part-time, maybe work up, work your way up to full-time, or maybe the doctor feels you need some other accommodation, modified hours or modified duties, maybe you can't lift heavy objects or you can't stand for more than an hour at a time, as long as the doctor puts that in writing and gives you that note to take to your employer, that imposes that obligation on your employer to accommodate. Your employer has to figure out a way to provide that accommodation. Even if it's not easy, even if it costs them some money, they still have to try to find a way to make it work. So that doctor's note here is so powerful. Again, it's, you need it to go off on a leave, but you also need it to come back, especially if you need accommodation. Uh, so use that doctor's note. And of course, if your employer is not cooperating, they don't want to accommodate, they're not believing your doctor, we need to talk right away. Let's get to uh, Nelly. First email of the night. Uh, this guy's been working as a hairdresser full-time for five years. I get paid a fixed weekly salary that doesn't change. I was let go, and the salon owner said that I was an independent contractor, so I wasn't entitled to severance. Is that right? And does it make a difference that I was paid HST? You know, I, I've seen that often with hairdressers or, or barbers where – the, the company they work for says, well, you're really just renting the chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not, you're not our employee. Well, guess what? That's nonsense. Of course you are the employee. You, you know, they, they get you the, cl the clients. You work uh, on their premises. You do what they tell you to do, have to follow their policies and practices, etc. You are their employee. Uh, and, and because of that, you have the rights of an employee. It doesn't matter if they're paying HSD. They shouldn't be paying HSD. The fact that they're doing something they're not supposed to doesn't change the, the definition of what you are. Remember, if you look like an employee and you act like an employee, you are an employee. So, Nelly, yeah, you're an employee in this situation. So that means you have the rights to vacation pay and overtime pay and holiday pay and, of course, also the right to get severance if you lose your job. That's often true. I see that with... Uh, uh, individuals that are hairdressers or barbers, I see yeah. that you know with truck drivers, I see that with many people that are misclassified 
as uh, independent contractors. And if you want to know if you're truly an independent contractor or an employee, use our pocketemploymentlawyer.ca tool. We have a tool there that allows you to answer some questions and to be told if you're a contractor or an employee. Let's get to Saul quickly. Here's his guys. Where does a payroll clerk and have to work extra hours to get the job done? But my employer insists that I should get the job done on time and that he won't pay overtime. Can I get overtime? And can the employer say that I just wasn't efficient with my time? Well, of course well, I will. Yeah, but the reality is that an employer has to pay for overtime if you worked the overtime. Now, if you if you didn't work it, but you say you did, of course, they don't have to pay it. But if it was legitimate, if you had to get the work done, so you had to work the extra hours, your company has to pay it, even if they didn't ask you to. In fact, even if they told you not to, don't work the overtime. We're not allowing you. But you did it because you wanted to get the work done. They still have to pay now, if you're truly inefficient and you're not doing a good job, they still have to pay the overtime, but there could be a disciplinary issue here as to why you're not doing the job properly, but you still get that overtime paid. It doesn't have to be approved. It should be approved. It's a good reason and a good uh, practice to get it approved, but ultimately, even if it's not, you still get paid that overtime always. Saul, appreciate that. That's the way we're going to wrap it up for tonight. We're back in tomorrow, though, Wednesday night edition, 6.30, so hang tight till then. In the meantime, you can always reach out to Leo and his team, always encouraged to do so. Get some answers, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And that website, always use it, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, with access to that severance calculator. As mentioned, we'll be back in here 6.30 tomorrow night with the Wednesday night edition of the Employment Law Show. Enjoy your evening.